pay attention to what's happening locally. If COVID-19 is spreading in your community, stay home as much as possible Shut and up. avoid crowds. Shut up. I, I don't like it because it's so artsy-fartsy. I just want the franchise and Chicago Bulls to be respected, like the Lakers or the Philadelphia 76ers or the Boston Celtics. Hopefully I can that this team and this organization can build a program like that. I like Reggie Miller. Just where we ended last time. I kind of <laughs> like Reggie Miller. He's like super trash talky. It's funny how things that maybe would break a relationship regarding Isaiah Thomas, it just doesn't work on Reggie. It actually would just, you could just see Reggie like crashing the birthday party of someone who hates him, you know? Like you could just see his ass doing that. Reggie had to get that thick skin, man, growing up with, like we said in the previous one, everyone talking about how his sister was better. Yeah. she Yeah. Cheryl Miller, pound for pound, possibly. So she Legend. Was, he was pretty much trained by one of the greatest basketball players of all time. So, you know, to go up against some of the greatest basketball players of all time. Also, I just want to say I'm never getting State Farm for any reason. <laughs> I couldn't wait to rip on some commercials with you again, man. I missed Kenny Mayne. This whole, these last two episodes are Keith Olbermann and his fake little butthole And they're voice. still doing the same shit with that fake old-timey sports center. <laughs> it's annoying. It's annoying. And Keith Look, Ol- the documentary's over this week. Yeah. We don't need any more of this. Yeah, kid, th- these, are, these will go away permanently, right? And I will keep not using Facebook, but admittedly, I do have an Instagram, which is owned by Facebook. Yeah, Facebook bought Giphy. They just bought Giphy. Did you hear that? What? The peanut butter? No, not Jiffy. Giphy, the little (laughs) GIF generator tool (laughs) app. You know what I'm talking about? I I made one on there. Yeah, okay. Giphy, you know. You love Giphy. Mm -hmm. Now Now you can't make your memes without Facebook getting a piece of the pie. Yeah, I guess so. I guess I'll just have to keep doing it the other way. Or well, use, I, you know, literally any other program that lets you put text on pictures. That's true. Any Mac, can, <laughs> you can pretty much make <laughs> Any <video>. Photoshop <laughs> or Photoshop Lite. Are you pretty good at Photoshop? I uh, used to be. I'm not Way very, out of practice. I fuck with text and stuff, which is pretty basic. I'm, I haven't really gone deep into it. In this we, fun, uh, let's just talk about this. Yeah, let's go back to those commercials before we get into the oh, actual thing again. I love There was a commercial in this one that I really wanted to talk to you about, so I'm making sure we don't forget it by bringing it up right on top. All right. It was for like the United Way or some charity or some shit, and it, Ugh, but it was charity. also sponsored by Unilever, so they were showing them like boxing up all their Unilever products to give out to the homeless. <laughs> okay. And all I saw go into this box was Hellman's Mayo and a bottle of Vaseline. So I'm just picturing some homeless dude oh, that's opening going up his to, care package no, in the United Way. That's going to my house. That was yeah, going to my thing house. Of mayo and some Vaseline. <laughs> Be like, oh shit, this is exactly what I needed. You know what? I I do. I should give State Farm credit for this. It wasn't a commercial about how we're all getting through the coronavirus together. I guess if I got to compliment something about those goddamn State Farm commercials, that they're not coronavirus commercials. Because every fucking commercial now is like, we'll make it. We'll get through this together. Buy dog condoms. Trojan dog condoms. <laughs> we know you got all that extra mayo and Vaseline wandering around. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we couldn't do this without those essential workers. And that's why you should... Probably buy Hellman's. I'd give that to you. And left, except those State Farms commercials are about a guy posing as Chris Paul to molest his kids or something. <laughs> yeah. Those are, I forgot about those. Every fucking, every third commercial is an insurance commercial. That tells you who. Wow, it's almost like they're making money. <laughs> it's almost like they're a part of a corrupt system and that will always keep us from having a functioning healthcare system that doesn't uh, drain us of all resources and funds. But dude, if they keep the, the homeless, you know, waist deep in Mayo and Vaseline, 
They got to keep those homeless homeless so they can do commercials about how they send them mayo and Vaseline. <laughs> how are you going to have these inspirational commercials if there's no homeless? If we actually provide housing to people who need it, then we wouldn't be able to posture in these uh, commercials where we get to congratulate ourselves. Hey, what about us? What about us who pulled ourselves up from the bootstraps and aren't homeless? Where's our mayo and Vaseline, huh? Oh, yeah. I got to go to the store and spend my hard-earned money on that while they're getting it for free? (laughs) Thought this was America. The fucking myth of Bigfoot is more real than the rugged individual modern American. Give me a goddamn break. (laughs) People are literally step on people's face and be like, I did this all myself. I lifted uh, my own self right now, up. Though, all right. I got uh, something to do that involves a bottle of mayo and some Vaseline. Okay. <laughs> uh, hey, I thought you were going to do this off camera. He's opening up the Vaseline. He's combining <laughs> it with the mayonnaise. Now he's... Oh, oh no. Okay, that's not really what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't ever want to see your face on camera like that again. <laughs> people should parents should talk about this mother's day i hope mothers talked about the faces that were made when conceiving their children we never talk about that do we also how come pro-lifers don't celebrate uh, conception day how come pro-lifers don't celebrate conception day that's the real day isn't it the fuck are we even talking about (laughs) the last dance again (laughs) i have no notes but these last two episodes were some hot b-ball action but you were right about one thing last week drew boom no mention of the washington wizards not even in a little right up at the end no totally ignored it i thought like oh this is where he'll they'll mention it no maybe you think jordan was like can we just not talk about the the Washington Wizards? Yeah, because at its heart, this was a Jordan Puff piece. Yeah. And we, we had this whole last dance thing, but it became really obvious the later on this season went that it wasn't the story of the 97-98 Chicago Bulls. It was the Michael Jordan story. Also, I should point out that the WWE Network is right now running a Undertaker docuseries called The Last Ride. So the Undertaker... Who has said he was going to retire at least two more times might be retiring. But I thought he was already dead. Well, he's the dead man who yeah. some, who sometimes puts on do-rags and rides motorcycles off to Kid Rock music. The worst version of The Undertaker. Anyway, yeah. anyway how about them Pacers? <laughs> so we early on, I mean, we had those, the story like we... It started out the Scotty Pippen episode and it had the backstory. It had the Dennis Rodman episode and it had the backstory. But pretty much from then on, it completely ignored everyone else except for Michael Jordan. We got a little coach. We got a little Steve Kerr in these episodes. This one had the Steve Kerr story. I did yeah. not see that coming. The backstory with Steve Kerr. Did you know? I had no idea about the Malcolm Kerr shit. Dude, it was pretty intense stuff. He- <laughs> I looked up honestly I, some of the better moments in this whole thing. I thought he was a, apparently Malcolm Kerr was born in Beirut, so he kind of had a some ties that way. And fuck that time, the Lebanese civil war and Israel was. I, I, I do you what year was Israel had invaded um, uh, Lebanon under threat of the PTO, which led to. You know how you, I mean, U.S. backed military forces, they, we got to kill people to save them from the, the, the life that they're living, right? Yeah, we go again. <laughs> but the Malcolm Kerr story is very tragic, but like, it was just way, I, I was kind of surprised. He must have been a brave man, but I kind of pushed back on any of like, he was fighting for the American way kind of thing. It's like, okay, the American way kind of also killed a lot of people, but. It was a teacher, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, what were they were just trying to make it like that was the value? Militarism ripped ripped this shit up and made it worse. Malcolm, I'm not saying Malcolm Kerr is like a shitty guy. He seemed like a great guy who wanted to do good things, but boy, 
you would not have wanted to be a no one uh, with an American voice or American or white skin should want to be in Beirut during that time. He still did, and it cost him. That sucks. But man, the way they framed that, you thought maybe if there was going to be a Steve Kerr story, and again, Steve Kerr was a bit player on these bowls for the most part. He made a bunch of huge shots, he, which he was, we saw here for he sure. Was the John Paxton for the last three. Yeah, the the replacement Paxton. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, the only people who got backstories in this whole documentary were episodes two and three, Rodman and Pippen. So for Steve Kerr to get the backstory in episode nine, when we're just about at the end of it, I did not see that coming at all. But man, it was so well done. They didn't do it in the previous episode when we talked about him and Jordan getting in the fight in practice, which might have been the way to lead into it. But they did it by by leaning into how, again, how emotionless a machine Jordan was on the floor. He said Steve Kerr and him never talked about the situation with the similarity between, you know, both of their <laughs> tragic <laughs> fathers being murdered stories. Jason here was like, hey, did you ever sit around with Jordan talking about your dads? I don't even know if Jordan talked about that with fucking Scottie Pippen. We sit ended the episode eight with the Jordan crying on the floor after the Father's Day championship. Uh, just this really emotional moment, you know, winning that, that first championship coming back after his father was murdered. It was like, hey, did he ever talk to you, Steve Kerr, as someone who, you know, was in that situation where your father was murdered and you had to deal with it through basketball? He's like, no, nah, it never came up. No. <laughs> Dad time. We got we to gotta get them on a podcast and make them but talk man, about their dads. We, we get Steve Kerr's story. It's, again, it's really intense, really emotional stuff. And the way they brought it out of that, bringing it into it with that talk, you know, comparing it with Jordan was really smooth. But bringing it out of it, talking about, you know, how Steve Kerr still gets emotional whenever he hears the national anthem. <laughs> and then it cutting directly back into the NBA finals while Steve showing Steve Kerr standing at attention at the national anthem. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty damn impressive. It's... um. Yeah, I always liked Steve Kerr, too. Where did he go after the, the these bull seasons? Went to San Antonio and won himself some more championships. Oh, hell, yeah. Uh, and he San- won himself some more championships as the coach of the Warriors. Right. The, the, San- the Spurs won the San- championship um, in 99, which kind of... got them rings. Which uh, pegged them off of that Spurs team and the aughts that did so well. I, I really like that team a lot, too. I, I really enjoyed uh, watching the Spurs those years ago. I always thought that was a really good team. I got to give a little bit of credit to uh, Dave, my co-host on Walk It Off Radio Show, but he mentioned this, and I thought it was really impressive too. Again, I was, I was surprised Steve Kerr got the backstory treatment when almost nobody else did. Well, Phil Jackson did too, so just those. But also Steve Kerr became this important person in this. But he kind of represents that through line to modern NBA from the Michael Jordan era. Because we all know Steve Kerr now as the coach of the Warriors who won these three championships in recent years and is the closest thing we've seen to the Bulls. He was the coach of the Warriors team that broke the all-time wins record, 73 wins, that broke the Bulls record there. And he's on the closest thing to this team. And it might be the same situation. Did we see the last dance for the Warriors last year? Well, the Warriors turned into the the real housewives of the Bay Area. And they got they threw wine in each other's faces. And that dope team got a little, uh, there's a little heat on that team. And injuries. And, and Kevin it, Durant getting injured. And Stanley Thompson getting injured. And this year, Steph Curry getting injured. But right now, they're... As the pause in the basketball season is, they're the worst team in the NBA. Wow. Absolutely last place in the NBA. But you also think, like, what what does that mean for a next season? If Klay Thompson's healthy, if, you know, if Steph Curry is healthy, if Draymond Green is happy, if they get a high draft Draymond Green does not look happy ever. Could it be another three-peat, then three-peat situation? It's the closest thing to this Bulls. Oh, you froze. Bull situation we have. Oh, there you go. We have. So this season series, even though they never drew that line in the documentary. Oh, by the way, the Phoenix Suns won the E NBA championship this year. 
Uh, they got a player from each team playing, and they won the NBA 2K championship. I think the Suns should hang a banner. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Just like real life. You mean the uh, Grizz Gaming didn't win? I think, I thought, I heard yesterday that the Suns won. I didn't watch it. <laughs> I haven't I have been playing a lot of NBA 2K, though. Who do you play as? I'm on the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm the sh- I'm a shooting guard in career mode there. And, <laughs> oh, you uh, are. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I'm on the team. In video oh, give game us your insights. <laughs> well, I'm, right now I'm averaging around 40 points a game. Uh, better Damn. than Jordan. Sorry for a shooting guard. I'm like a, I'm like if John Paxson and Steve Kerr and John Stockton were all shoved into one person and then took performance enhancing drugs. That's pretty much my shooting guard character. A role player plus, 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 plus. So if anyone needs any tips, if any NBA players want to reach out, want me to criticize their form, just let me know. Right on. Last dance. We finally finished this shit and like I keep getting sidetracked so much. Drew, walk us down the old dusty trail. (laughs) How about that, Gus? That was so sweet. What? Sidetracked? They they tricked me with this one, too. They brought up Gus, Michael Jordan's ex-cop security guard slash friend slash father figure. I didn't know he was a cop. Never mind. He was a retired cop. (laughs) Oh, that's private security. (laughs) Well, it was really that way sometimes, man. (laughs) It was really touching, though, because Michael um, really this guy became a father figure to him. And it was it was really touching to see how they connected and how Michael, you know, got what he needed, not just from extreme wealth, but um, but from people in his life. We got to see breakout stars of the documentary, The Sniff Brothers, one more time. That hair, bro. That dude's hair. It's Jordan like, compared his, his security squad to his entourage. They were the dudes who were always there for him. Pretty much. But Gus was like the guy. And he leaned on him a lot after his father was killed. He kind of became a second father figure to him. But Gus got cancer. Yeah. And MJ came to visit him in the hospital and seemed to really care a lot. You know, have this strong bond with Gus. So I thought they were setting us up for a real tearjerker moment. Did Gus Where make- Gus died before a finals game or something. Did Gus make it to 98, to that 98 final? Gus made it through the end of the documentary. Yeah. So Did not see that coming. Thought they were setting us up. With Gus. Yeah. Introducing him so late. It's another uh, real sad sack part. But no, man. Gus got a game ball. Yeah, that's cool. From the Indiana game, In right? the finals. The Indiana series. No, the Jordan Jack. got to give Gus. Yeah, that was the, uh, I think. I thought he gave it to him in the Pacers series. I get I mixed know. up, though. That one of the, we, we only had three series left in these last two episodes. Yeah. <laughs> We had the 97 final uh, Eastern Conference Finals versus the Pacers, the Finals versus the Jazz, and then we were in 1998, the last dance season versus the Jazz again in the Finals. That's it. That's all the basketball that was here for these. And look, man, there were were stories about the production of this documentary that due to it getting bumped up to air while we're all sitting at home during this coronavirus outbreak, the last episodes weren't finished when this documentary started airing. No, no kidding. So he hadn't even finished the last couple episodes. By the time the first episodes hit the airwaves, they were still trying to get interviews. Like John Stockton didn't really want to be a part of it, but they really wanted to get John Stockton on there. Sure. Why, John? I feel like it. Kind of, well, he didn't want to be part of a Jordan Puff piece. That's true. That's what he said. They fucking work. <laughs> the Jazz worked their ass off throughout all the '90s. Two amazing players there. And then just to finally get to where they, and you know, any other team, they would have walked away with those, with that trophy. But what was really strange to me was John Stockton, he did have a couple of quotes, nothing really memorable, but he was the only member of that jazz team who was interviewed in these last episodes. These last two episodes are all about the jazz versus the bulls in back-to-back finals. But Carl Malone's not interviewed. Brian Russell's not interviewed. How great would a Brian Russell interview have been? And then they would have showed it to Jordan so you could laugh again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we got we get we did get more uh here. Look at look at what this person said on an iPad, Jordan. Can you believe that <laughs> shit? This should just be like 
it should be a weekly series, multiple seasons of players talking about Michael Jordan that don't like him. And then after each dialogue, uh, a producer hands Jordan the uh, iPad, and then he, <laughs> and then we sit through the same tri- diatribe while watching Jordan react to it. <laughs> I'd watch that. I think we got tricked a couple times in this documentary. First of all, is that it really was the Jordan story. Yeah. Everybody else besides those background stories was in how they reacted uh, to Michael Jordan. It can't not be the him. Jordan story, though, because it's Jordan. It's called The Last Dance. I thought it was going to be all about this season, but it had to be ten fucking parts. <laughs> ten hours of this. Yeah. So they had to get it in there. And when it first started airing, you heard Michael Jordan say, oh, man, after this thing airs, you guys are all going to think I'm a huge asshole. So we thought it was going to be this like real gritty, dark look into what drove Michael Jordan and all these conspiracies and stories that we've heard about him. But it kind of glossed over most of that. It would mention it and then go back to Jordan and let you take him at his word for pretty much everything. You know, Reggie Miller this didn't did not cry. Reggie Jordan Miller didn't bad. cry about being a giant asshole. Reggie <laughs> didn't cry over being an asshole. This didn't make Michael Jordan look bad in any way, shape, or form. No. It reinforced a couple things we already knew about him. That he's petty as fuck. That he's super ridiculously competitive. That he was a bully to his teammates. But to a man, they all say that he made them better, even if he was a huge asshole. Yeah. Could you have played with Michael Jordan? Because I don't know if I could have handled it. Well, could I? Well, this is a world where I would make this team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like if the I, real world, you know, your Memphis Grizzlies days. I would, I would, I mean, you know, I'd probably eat some shit, but at some point I'd have to uh, push back, you know. I mean. He must have been totally insufferable to be around. Yeah, <laughs> Is this assuming that you're not like a, a like a bencher, like a backbencher coming in for 30 seconds at the end of the first period or first quarter? Doesn't yeah. matter. You, maybe you're Bill Wellington. It's all right. Well, I don't have to be a starter, but I could be like, you know, second line, you know. It's not about you, man. I, I just <laughs> need to know where I stand in this, in this team. Maybe you're Scotty Pippen, huh? Yeah. How about that? Oh, whoa. Okay. Maybe I am. I haven't. I never thought of that. Still had to be super tough to be on the same team as Jordan, even yes. if you're Scottie Pippen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Scottie Pippen honestly doesn't come off very well. He comes off worse than Jordan does throughout this because the times it focuses on Pippen are all kind of almost his shortcomings in ways he's not Michael Jordan. The headache game. I mean, not, sit out the last play game. Not as bad as his hissy fit that he didn't get to shoot a last shot of a game the team won. It, I'm saying it, those are the moments we saw for Scotty. Yeah, we got to see him sitting out. We got to see him having a headache and missing a game. He saw his back injury flare up. We saw him ripping on Jerry Krause so hard that the rest of the team was like, "Whoa, back off, Scotty!" I'm surprised there wasn't a moment where Jordan was like, "And that's when Scotty pooped his pants and smelled up the whole bus." Yeah, they're like, oh, look, the Bulls didn't win a championship when Scotty was the man. <laughs> Poor Scotty. Yeah. He was all through this. And he had a little moment of redemption at the end, too, when it looked like it was going to be another one of those stories with his back injury. Yeah. And then he ends up gritting out most of the game, you and everyone's re- like, oh, man, look how tough Scotty actually was. He, you could tell he was hurting, man. Oh. And even with Jerry Krause, at the end of the documentary, Scottie Pippen talks about Jerry Krause as the greatest GM of all time. Gives him credit. Scottie Pippen, the dude who was ripping on him so hard the rest of the team was like, back off, dude. And said he would rather sit out a team a year, demands at a trade. Still gave Krause the credit. That was another way it kind of tricked us. It set up Krause as this big villain in the first couple episodes. Yeah, they kind of They kind of backed off that. Yeah, they kind of respected him a little bit at the end. You know, in of the course, phase, Jerry Krause died a few years ago, so he wasn't able to get interviewed for any of this. In the face, that Jerry Krause looks like the caterpillar from Alice in Wonderland. In the face, like, like I could just picture him smoking a hookah. Hello, Alice. <laughs> anyway, that's probably mean. And we will say his timing was fucking terrible at all his news conferences. Yeah, <laughs> I still love that question he got. What about all the backstabbing, Jerry? <laughs> I'm out of here. Greg. <laughs> Thanks, Greg. 
Some really great little moments. Yeah. But all right, yeah, we had the Pacer series. That was the start of this one. Reggie Miller back in there saying, "Don't ever talk trash to Black Jesus." You know, uh, one thing I yeah, great I love, line. Yeah, I love the Black Jesus line. He should only call him Black Jesus. But throughout this series, also was me going like in every episode, like, "Damn, '90s NBA was the shit." It was so good. Even looking beyond the Jordan Bulls, some of these teams that they put together, it's it's just unfair, really. Because any of these teams could have just been great. Even the Knicks. Even the Knicks. <laughs> but the, with the Bulls, like, up in that shit. But you know what? I think the, the you know, Hakeem and the Rockets, they probably would have won minimum three if it wasn't for Jordan and the Bulls. Man, that's a point. I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to make that too. When the we, they just came out with another ranking, you know, fucking Instagram and Facebook do this all the time so that they can get some hits. But a ranking, and the number one NBA player of all time was Michael Jordan. Oh God! Whoa. And number two, LeBron James. Oh wow! Okay. So you get this back and forth all the time. Sure. Well, I was talking to somebody about this. I, I wish I could remember who it was to give them credit, but. They mentioned that this was one of the differences in that LeBron versus Michael story. In the LeBron James era, the other superstar teams of that era, they got their turn. They won yeah. championships. Yeah, totally. It took him a while to get there. In the Michael Jordan era, as soon as they got past that Pistons team and became the Bulls, nobody else got a chance. No. There were all these great teams, these Stockton Malone Jazz, the Reggie Miller Pacers, the Ewing Knicks, the Kim Olajuwon <laughs> Rockets, Clyde Drexler's Blazers, yeah, the, the Blazers. Peyton Kemp Supersonics. Totally. These were great All those dudes teams. don't have rings. Yeah. Except for Hakeem, who won the years Jordan wasn't there. Oh, my gosh. And Orlando won. Did Orlando get one? Orlando got one uh, later on, I think, right? I think Jordan was gone for the one of the two se- – anyway – Anyway, never mind. Let's yeah, move on. But let's just say that all these all these great players, all these great teams went home without rings. Yeah. They did not get their turn when Michael Jordan was also there. Mm. It just it, it didn't work that way. There was no passing of the guard until they were done. Anyways, did they need to be done though, man? Did they need to be done? I thought what? that was a little I thought that was unfair of Michael Jordan at the, Saying that when they broke up this team, he, saying that he would have come back for a seventh season, and he thought most of the team would have also. Yeah, they just needed like one year contracts to do it one more time. There's no way that was happening. He said he might not have gotten Scotty. It just seems like another one of those things where you know it might be fun to wonder, but it's kind of pointless at the same time. You know, it's because- definitely one of the great what ifs in sports if this Bulls team stayed together. But there's no way all those dudes were taking one-year contracts. They earned that right to cash in. Yeah. I mean, I would have walked, too. A, a second three-peat? Sure. That's a good time to go. What year did Jordan come back to play on the Wizards? Do you remember? No, that wasn't part of this documentary. We blo- we all blocked it from our collective <laughs> memories. I want to know. The, I, I need a 30 for 30 on Wizards era Jordan. <laughs> and when he... And when, wasn't he, like, was he a part owner or general manager of the then Charlotte Bobcats, one of the worst performers? He's still the owner of the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, yeah, now they're the Hornets. But they were the Bobcats, one of the worst records mm-hmm. in history uh, of, of several years back. Anyway, <laughs> basketball. We didn't mention any of that in this. <laughs> <laughs> Not even as a postscript. <laughs> Come on, Wizards Jordan. He was a real wizard. Man. He could have been but the a The ending. The scripted ending, man. Yeah. They show Michael Jordan's last shot as a Chicago Bull. Yeah. Before his Washington Wizards Jordan. <laughs> and that was might have been my favorite moment in the whole documentary. Was that last championship when they finally win the last dance season, that play he made to break Brian Russell's ankles and hit the shot. Yeah. And they froze it. In the documentary, when they showed it, they froze it with the ball in the air. And you just panning to the reaction of outraged Mormons in the stands. 
<laughs> Having their hearts broken in real time. Oh, and the fucking pizza. They're talking about how five dudes, five Mormon, you know, they're Mormon. Uh, they do. They were in Salt Lake. They delivered a pizza because in Salt Lake, everything was closed except for one pizza joint. They said five delivery guys showed up at the hotel. No, no one ate this pizza, but Jordan. And then you're he, talking about the flu game right now. Yeah. Well, which I was thought, the last championship 97, the what, first series against the jazz. What, oh, that's the first series. We're all over the place, but there's really yeah. not much to go through here. It's just pure basketball and winning. But yeah, that was the Jordan flu game, but really he had food poisoning. So technically it's the Jordan food poisoning game. Again, we take all of this at Jordan's word. Yeah. This is another one of those things there's been so much speculation on. Well, people yeah. can verify if five Mormon pizza delivery men showed up at a hotel. They weren't interviewed. <laughs> but there were other players in the room who, and Jordan said none of them. Yeah, that was Jordan's him. trainer was in the room with him. Yeah. And that's... he said it was 1030 at night. <laughs> wow, that's late for Salt Lake City. Oh, yeah, they all they all went to bed early but wanted pizza. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm sure that's all you were doing, Michael Jordan. Yeah. But again, we take it all from his, he was his point of view. He was taking bets on if he could eat the whole pizza in one sitting. But, I mean, we've we've heard the food poisoning theory before, that it wasn't actually the flu, even though it's infamously known as the flu game for Michael Jordan. But yeah, this, this new story about five dudes showing up to deliver the one pizza, and Jordan talking about how he eat the whole damn pizza himself, he didn't give any to anybody else. I wanted to rewind re that line and hear it over and over again. That was the most relatable Jordan's been this whole documentary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can relate to that for sure. I wanted a late night pizza, then I just ate the whole damn thing I myself. And I felt terrible thing. the next day. I'm like, yeah, man, been there. <laughs> wow. I'm like Jordan. I'm, we're a lot alike, really. But, the, but, but his implication was that he was given food poisoning on purpose. By some jazz fans, because this was the night before Game Five of the series in a like, tied two to two series. You know, everyone's stomach and what they can process is all a little different. I've accidentally eaten some raw food and ended up being fine. Like, uh, what was are you this? implying that this is the Michael Jordan lactose intolerance game? Uh, yeah, maybe his little butt got leaky, and uh, but I think the idea for that for it to be like purposeful food poisoning, they probably had to have something like. Like, oh, Zachariah got food poisoning off this uh, uh, pepperoni. I'm pretty sure the Chicago Bulls are ordering this pizza right now. Let's put all the um, let's let's put all the pepperoni that got Zachariah sick, and maybe the Jazz could win a championship. Yeah, I'm sure Michael Jordan ordered it under his own name too. And uh, we'll get Maccabee to <laughs> uh, drive the pizza over. And we'll all go. Let's all go and deliver this pizza. <laughs> Let's go 30 for 30 on the inside story of this, too. This was another <laughs> thing that was just kind of glossed over. They just hear the story from Jordan and his trainer's point of view, and that's it. We don't hear anything else. But there's so much layer, so much intrigue. What happened? Need to know more about the flu slash food poisoning slash... I lactose intolerance i need some intense in-depth reporting on this uncovering some secrets like michael jordan's late night munchies <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i mean zachariah he got sick by the pepperoni of uh, zebediah wanted to throw it out but maccabee was like no we can maybe use this for something they said there was no room service there's no room service in the hotel that the chicago bulls are staying in for the nba finals yeah, that's that doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of the story doesn't add up. But in any case, what's absolutely true is Michael Jordan was messed up that night and for that game. He was in bad shape, man. <laughs> Maybe Jordan actually, after the pizza, ate some of the complimentary carrot and raisin salad. And that got him sick. Maybe. Popular Mormon dish. That's why I brought it up. Anyway, <laughs> I think I need to get off of this. <laughs> They eat it off some golden plates too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that. You, but you, with writing that, you had to look through like a special thing to read. Uh, then you could never show them to anyone ever. So never, never. <laughs> All right, where were we? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> 
Malone converted to Mormonism. They must he must they must have treated him right. He's a legend. Yeah. So which We you... didn't get Scottie Pippen's famous trash talk though. No. I thought we were setting that one up too. One of the greatest lines in trash talk history. When Carl Malone's at the free throw line late in the game, looking to ice it, and Scottie Pippen walks by him and whispers in his ear, Mailman don't deliver on Sundays. <laughs> the good line. <laughs> and and Malone he... missed both free throws. Oh my God! Got in his head, man. <laughs> That's why I wanted Malone interview, man. How did they not get Carl Malone interviewed in this? Uh, they should have showed the entire time it took Carl Malone to shoot those free throws. <laughs> oh, oh, it's Sunday. That'd have been like half. That would have been, it should be. <laughs> that Then this would have been an 11 part uh, series. <laughs> <laughs> it might need to, man. These last episodes, they felt like they were kind of rushed. Yeah. Like they reportedly were. You know, if you had Carl Malone in here, if you had Brian Russell's point of view, mm. how great would it have been to show an interview, a little tablet of Brian Russell's interview to Michael Jordan? <laughs> Three times Gary Payton. <laughs> I, I love, there was so much basketball in here. Like, they were really pushing that because you did get a feeling like they were playing catch up. But it did result in, like, just watching some fun recaps of some great games. Yeah, the footage they got is the star of the show. Yeah. Absolutely. We've said it before with the Olympic footage and Phil Jackson in Puerto Rico footage. But this one, like the flu game, even seeing him in every part of that game and every time out, just sitting there like a like a dude with the flu trying not to pass out and then dragging his ass off the bench back into the game. Yeah, he played 44 minutes in that game Jesus, and scored 38 points and the Bulls won by two. Jesus, Joseph Smith. Fuck and there's that famous Marona. thing of Scottie Pippen basically carrying him off the court at the end of it. Yeah. Like, it's great stuff, man. It's great and powerful. And we followed up with some comic relief with Jerry Sloan, the jazz coach, being like, he was sick? Nobody told me. <laughs> How'd you guys all know he was sick? Oh, he had all the jokes. All the yucks. <laughs> Are we in 97 or 98 right now? This is 97. Okay. Can we go so to we're nine? past the Pacers. We're, we're okay. They they beat the Jazz. They yeah. win the championship. Now we're at ninety eight. Last dance season. End of the episode. Th this is it, man. We've met Gus. They play Michael Jordan again. He gets introduced in a. This this episode was weird, man. The introduction with like Michael was a mystic. He he found <laughs> oh, that yeah. present that everyone else. What the hell was that? And he's just jamming to this track for the whole introduction. Just fucking grooving and staying loose. Like, hey, Michael, who you listening to? Uh, Kenny Lattimore. You wouldn't know him. <laughs> yeah, I looked. Up, I looked up what album that must have been. He got some. We'll go out on some Kenny Lattimore at the end of this episode. You found some Kenny Lattimore? I thought only Michael Jordan was allowed to listen to Kenny Lattimore. We're well at. We're well past 1998, so I did get a hold of the album. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to talk about how there. Uh, the Rod Man missing practice. Imagine he's just disappearing. Uh, we, he disappears for two days again. And where does That's he show best. up? Where does he show up? On W fucking CW. Ba I think it was a bash at the beach, right? If I remember correctly. It had, to been, it had to have been finals summertime. It was definitely bash at the beach. And he walks out with Hulk Hogan. And they're giving chair shots to Diamond Dallas Page. How cool is that? Imagine you're like, where the fuck is Rodman? I guess I'll watch this uh, WCW pay-per-view. And he shows up beating <laughs> Diamond Dallas Page with a chair. This is the middle of the NBA Finals. In the middle of the NBA Finals. Rodman just leaves the team to blow it off to go hit DDP with a chair <laughs> next to Hogan. And party with Hogan afterwards. Or they... Hogan's like... There's some things worth missing practice for, brother. Uh, and then got to go home with Carmen Electra at the end of that night. <laughs> yeah, bro. Dennis Rodman's one of a kind, dude. But and This series he... was tied up one-to-one. -one. The Bulls lost the first game in overtime. They won the second game. The third game of that series was the infamous epic blowout. Yeah. Where they beat the Jazz 96-54. to 54. Ouch. 
lowest point total since the shot clock was invented. Oh, my God. And it happened to this amazing jazz team in the NBA Finals. They really didn't have it that day. That game could have its own 30 for 30. Yeah. But they <laughs> Just looked... an ass-kicking like that. That's pretty great, though, that the Jazz had the mental fortitude to get a record low scoring and then manage to push this shit to seven games. Like, that... This... Six. six. Wait, they only went six in 98? In both of them. Oh. I thought that they went seven. Never mind. Never mind. Every Bull scored in that game. Even Bill Weddington. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the, the Bulls were such dicks they gave Weddington the ball at the very end because he was the only Bull player who hadn't scored. <laughs> they should have had Phil Jackson shoot one. Of course he nailed an awesome jumper. That's should've... fucking crazy, though. Rodman just ditching the team to go wrestle on WCW Nitro or whatever it was. <laughs> that was Bash at the Beach, I think. Uh, crazy. In the middle of this thing. And the Bulls were like, all right, well, he did it again. Phil Jackson's like, yeah, he he wasn't allowed to do this, but it's Dennis Rodman. We we're as hands off as we can be with this dude, and he comes back the next game, and there's just highlight after highlight of him ripping rebounds. Yeah, like no <laughs> practice. What? Like who cares? <laughs> they snuck him away from the the media and had like a goofy little chase scene that should have had some <laughs> Betty Hill music. That was fun. <laughs> Impre- impressive those camera guys. So used to running up and down stairs with that equipment. Man. Can we talk about uh, no. Michael Jordan's terrible fashion sense, too? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it looked a lot like... of these... He keeps wearing these, like, yellow suits. I think uh, the mask dressed him throughout the 90s. <laughs> That's exactly what they are. <laughs> Jim carries the mask. Smoking. You look smoking, Mike. Oh, man. <laughs> Bulls won that game. They get real cocky. They think they're going to close out the Jazz at home. But Utah pulls out another win. Three yeah. games to two. Series has to go back to Utah. Jordan doesn't say some shit like, I'm only buying one plane ticket or bus ticket or whatever. Yeah. Because he's feeling the fatigue. They've had to work their ass off, and they are tired. Scotty dunks the first play of the game. And his back locks up on him. That sucks. He's got to leave the game. And again, we're thinking this is another one of those moments that are like, ah, Jordan never would have left the game. We just saw the, the pizza poisoning game. Yeah. But then Pippen comes back. And he basically plays 10 minutes. And then he goes back for treatment for 10 minutes. And then comes back and plays 10 minutes for the whole rest of this game. Acting like a, a decoy for the most part. Because he can barely... Oh, you froze, buddy. You froze on a funny picture. Maybe I could screenshot this. Hold on. Fucking walk, it looks like. <laughs> Playing with the... You're glitching in and out on me. I'm going to have to open this door. I think That help. grimace on his face the whole time. You're in glitch land. I don't know if you can hear me. You're in glitch land. Can you hear me now? Okay, we're back. We're back. You're back. What did it look like on my end? Was I just freezing up? Yeah, I, you were frozen and doing robot voices. I opened my door. Maybe it'll help with the signal. And like every dog is coming in here now. So I'm recording, <laughs> with, I'm recording with dogs in the room. You can probably hear them tap dancing all around. <laughs> anyway, Bad. we're getting near Let's the talk end. about the final sequence. Yes, let's finish that game. this up. And then we can rate it. That- those 40 seconds, man. Yeah, go for it. That wow. would have ended Michael Jordan's career if it wasn't for the Washington Wizards' time. Yeah. The storybook <laughs> ending <laughs> that this documentary gives us. We get to relive it without a mention of the Washington Wizards. Like, this is the end of Jordan's career, and it's what, fucking beautiful. When did they stop being the Bullets? The Washington Bullets. <laughs> John Stockton buries the three, put Utah up by three. Michael Jordan gets the ball. Blows right past Brian Russell on a drive to the hoop, lays it in. Man. One point lead for Utah. They kill some clock, sent down to Carl Malone in the post. They'd run this play before. Jordan said he was thinking. Everybody knew Carl Malone was getting the ball at this point. And it's so good, man. His basketball knowledge. He'd mentioned earlier 
in the previous series where Brian Russell took pride in his defense, but Jordan noticed that he was up on his toes a lot Yeah, as a defender. So if you got him moving one way and then did a head and shoulder fake and turned it the other way, he couldn't stop with you. And he did it to him in 97. And then blowing by him on that first drive in these last 40 seconds in 98, right by Russell to the hoop, putting that in the back of his head. This play, Carl Malone getting the ball at the post. He knows Rodman's on him. Michael Jordan's trusting Dennis Rodman. You can tell the trust he has in Rodman to hold his attention. Malone's focusing on the best low post defensive player there is. And Jordan sneaks around him on the baseline, slaps the ball away, knowing that Malone was fully focused on Rodman. Yeah, it's such a smart play. It was sharp, clutch time that it requires trust in your teammates. As hard as he was on these guys, as crazy as Rodman was, he knew exactly where he was going to be at that point. So Jordan's got the ball. Phil Jackson doesn't call a timeout. It's one of those interesting little things that well, the things I love about this is like a deep sports fan. Most of the time you get a timeout in that situation so the coach can draw up a play. Yeah, you got one, you just just go ahead and use it. He's got it. The ball's in Michael Jordan's hands already. Why let the defense get set? <laughs> right. Keep the clock running. The ball's in Michael Jordan's hands. It's not going anywhere else. Pippen says his plan of that play was to get the hell out of the way. Rodman said his play was to stand in the post because he knew the ball wasn't leaving Michael Jordan's hands. <laughs> it, it's built up so well. And then for him to go at Russell and get him going the same way he did on that previous play, that drive, getting him thinking he's going to the hoop again, and then switch directions on him. Pop that jump shot from the free throw line. Bam. Six championships for the Chicago Bulls. Boom. Was that a push on the back of Russell? I've heard to this day Russell still says it was a push-off. There was no push-off. No, it looked ticky-tacky to me. His feet were already – he already had his ankles broken. He was moving in that direction. Jordan's hand was just on his back. It wasn't like the shove that Reggie Miller gave Jordan in the Pacers series. (laughs) That was a shove. (laughs) Yeah, that was pretty dope. I love the aggression. But, man, him nailing that shot, them freezing the picture on the ball going towards the hoop. And the disgust on Mitt Romney's face in the background. <laughs> it's crying into his carrot and raisin salad. <laughs> uh, it's, an, it's an awesome, awesome moment. John Stockton's got one last chance. Chucks up a desperation three. It doesn't go in. It's yeah. like, it, it was Six like across the court. It was quite desperation. <laughs> <laughs> They're partying, man. Grant Parks. Michael Jordan's out. playing piano really terribly. Yeah. <laughs> they had the big Grant Parks beat the thing, which they did after every championship. I remember With some the, horrible sunglasses. Again, the fashion man. <laughs> I remember after their second one, there was a lot of shirts going around in Chicago saying, wouldn't it be sweet to three Pete? And uh and then like the guys who were playing the Chicago dudes on SNL, like the bolts, the bears, like they did a speech and they were like, yeah, we ain't, we ain't like those guys over in New York. And, <laughs> and those guys like literally are working in New York and living there. Anyway, <laughs> the balls. Six is great, but seven would be heaven. Oh, wouldn't it? Now seven. they're all talking about this as the last dance. This was mentioned as the last dance the entire season. They weren't coming back. What's the rhyme if they won seven and maybe could win eight? Seven's heaven, but eight would be great. Sir. Wow. (laughs) Great beats heaven. Okay. Eight would be great, but nine would be fine. Oh, yeah. Nine would be fine, but ten would be quite a win. I want to mention one more moment, a, a small moment in this documentary that didn't get much. Okay. But it was Carl Malone coming onto the Bulls bus after this championship. Mm. This struck me. And again, it, it kind of hurt that Malone wasn't interviewed for this. But how how big of that is – how big of Carl Malone is that? He's... How hard must that have been for him to get eliminated by the Bulls two years in a row at home and then go onto that bus – where the championship to the Larry O'Brien trophy is sitting on a seat in that bus waiting to leave Salt Lake City and go to Chicago. Yeah. And he steps onto that bus to congratulate Jordan and say, you know, good game one more time. 
Like that had to take so much. I was I was really impressed by that moment. Well, he's a classy guy. Malone, the postman, the mailman. Jerry Reinsdorf has a, a little shocking note where he says he was willing to go around Jerry Krause's back and invited Phil Jackson back for one more season. Yeah. Man, but... that would have neutered Krause after saying the whole season, <laughs> even if he went undefeated, he wasn't coming back. But everyone was too expensive. Everyone's stock went up too much to the point where even a mega championship team would not make their money back, according to Reinsdorf. So they would have had to rebuild because they couldn't afford to keep all these dudes. And Phil and Michael didn't want to be a part of a rebuilding team. He thought they could have won a championship again in another three years rebuilding. Yeah, And I thought they were going to give us a little bit of a you know twist in the knife here. Because they end with this list of all the people who left that team after that season. Phil Jackson, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, Steve Kerr. None of them were on that team the next year after this last dance season. You can't blame Jordan for grinding it out all those years to make the greatest team ever. I mean, and then he's going to what? I mean, what's he supposed to do? Go off to the Washington Wizards and play (laughs) mediocre basketball? Rebuild? He's not rebuilding. (laughs) Getting an alpha dog argument with Jerry Stackhouse. <laughs> <laughs> but then they said the Bulls began to rebuild after losing all those guys. And I thought, they again, they got me. I thought they were going to twist the knife a little and be like, and they're still rebuilding. <laughs> I'm surprised they, <laughs> they still haven't won a championship since. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't sneak in a clip of, like, a sad Patrick Ewing for you. I feel like there was an image of sad Knicks in every episode but the last two. Man, they, I'm, I will say I am so glad that this thing ended with a highlight reel. Yeah. With a whole bunch of rad highlights. Sets of some Pearl Jam. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was incredible, this highlight reel. It, it got me into it because I thought they were going to end on this bullshit Phil Jackson spiritual ritual <laughs> story that we got. <laughs> where he got the team together one last time. And had them all write down on pieces of paper what it meant to them being a part of this team. And they would read their pieces of paper and then throw it in a coffee can. And after they all read their pieces of paper, the lights all went off. And they lit that coffee can on fire. I did something like this last Christmas uh, where we wrote... (laughs) where we wrote like the things that were destined to suck that we didn't want to suck so hard. And then we all wrote it on a piece of paper and threw it in a bonfire. Wow. You're sure fucked it up, man. And then 2020 is going. <laughs> I I think someone at that, uh, at that party wrote, I hope there's a pandemic. <laughs> and then threw it in the fire. I Who wonder wrote if that's murder where it hornets? started. Yeah. <laughs> Who wrote murder? You wrote murder hornets. You wrote, uh, Iraq general assassination. It's like, holy shit. Everything that's going to scare the shit out of all of us. This is what happens when you do Phil Jackson inspired ritual magic. <laughs> what What is it with the murder hornets right now? They've always been around. Why are they hot right now? Is it because uh, someone beat? saw an article about them being in America and everyone trying to get rid of them finally? Oh, they're in America. Yeah. And there's a fight to not let them get a foothold. But all the shit's from last year anyways. Yeah. Okay. I do know who the murder hornets are. Have you seen that thing where the bees jump the wasp and like vibrate them to death? Yeah. That was pretty rare. Lose a whole bunch of them. <laughs> that was kind of cool. That's it though. Dude, Please. I thought we were going to end on this bullshit Phil Jackson story, but it, it was fun. Everyone's like, Michael Jordan wrote a poem and we all were shocked that he had emotions. Well, my next thing was like, and this poem was, it's burnt in a fire, dude. It's not for our ears. I figure Mike would have memorized it. It was probably terrible. There once was a man from <laughs> Nantucket. I sink lots of sick buckets. Ooh. Yeah? Did you just well, come up with that? I, yeah, dude. <laughs> I didn't stay up all night writing, writing that out. <laughs> we had this ritual, and we had shots of, of Michael Jordan staring off wistfully over the ocean. I'm like, dude, don't end this documentary like this. <laughs> <laughs> but we got a rat highlight reel at the end. Yeah. So and that's thank it. you, Jason here. We made it through the fucking all 10 episodes of The Last Dance. It was so much fun. The Last Dance. This was a cultural moment, dude. Everybody was watching this. This felt like the most important thing in sports. 
And I'm happy you and me were here to talk about it. Yeah, totally. And a perfect thing to wind out the show on before we go on to bigger, better, more ridiculous shit. What? Yeah. But, Drew, we got to rate this. This is our be, last dance, too, buddy. I think, I don't know what Angela and I will be doing in our exit interview. We might end up rating something, but this is our last official rating. Now, we did the last dance quarantine year style. And uh, with Tiger King, we rated it in rolls of toilet paper. But toilet <laughs> pa- I've noticed that toilet paper is pretty available again, thankfully. And uh, so we'll go back to what our true docuseries standard is. Crying Jordans. Crying Jordans. <laughs> You're right. We're going to rate this in Crying Jordans. <laughs> I'm going to give this one through five crying, crying Jordans. I was going to say Errol Morris's, but... What is more important? What is more appropriate than crying Jordans in this moment? In this uh, only if you found that photo you've been questing for. If like, for this the, entire series, <laughs> the boner meme, the Jordan boner meme. Gosh, if anyone can find it, if anyone, I don't. I, no, we I don't t- get a resolution to this at the I, end of our last dance together as Doki. I would take the viruses at this point just to have that. <laughs> You're going to give this one through five crying Jordans. I'm going to give this one through five crying Jordans. And we're going to combine our crying Jordans for best out of ten crying Jordans. Do you want to go first or you want me to go first? I want to go first. How long can I drag out the rating system for a ten-hour documentary? Oh, my God. Ten parts? (laughs) I'm just going to let you talk. Go for it. So for part one. No, 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 no. Just messing with you, buddy. <laughs> All right. Overall, I, I I absolutely love this. It was great. It was you know something we could all rally together in this time without live sports, and we got to see so much. The footage they got was incredible. The interviews were incredible. I really thoroughly enjoyed this. It was such a great thing to be able to kind of reconnect with. For dudes of our age group, this was our youth. When yeah. we were little kids, being like, oh my god, Michael Jordan's amazing. I want to drink Gatorade too. It was such a cool thing to get to re-engage with that. And also learn more about it. Get to see this behind-the-scenes stuff that no one's seen before. But I think it, it works just as well for for older age groups, for younger age groups. Everybody knows Michael Jordan. Like Barack Obama said in this part. He brought it worldwide. He changed what we thought of as athletes, as icons. It's just such a big story. That being said, I can't give it a perfect score. Yeah, I, I wanted thought to you when would. We went into this. Yeah. I, I really wanted to when we got into it. And those first few episodes were brilliant. But I did think they ended up dragging it out a little bit mm. or losing their focus. The timeline switching became a little more forced. Yeah. It seemed real natural in the first couple episodes, but then it seemed a lot more forced later on, especially when it started getting closer to the end on this one. They spent that entire last episode on one series, and they still couldn't interview Carl Malone or Brian Russell. Yeah. There was a little bit of stuff that needed to be filled out, and it did lean a little bit more towards Jordan Puff piece than a heavy-hitting documentary. It did mention his gambling. It did mention these conspiracy theories that float around. But it just ran right past them, basically, after getting a denial from Jordan. They were like, oh, well, he thinks it's messed up that you'd say that. All right, let's go move on. (laughs) Uh, His majesty thinks this is messed up. (laughs) So I did have a few problems with it, but overall, absolutely loved it. You know, it rekindled the debate for all of us. It rekindled our love of Michael Jordan and basketball and these great 90s highlights and all this stuff we've never seen before. I mean, just for that Dream Team scrimmage footage. (laughs) Amazing. And the little things they did right, like that ending scene with him hitting the shot and them freezing it there. It's just a beautiful documentary moment. So 4.5 out of 5 for the last dance. Uh, 4.5. 4.5 what? Crying Jordans. Yeah, thank you. For the last dance of the Chicago Bulls and the Documenteers. You know, Drew, we spoke earlier in our discussions how it seems like a lot of this might be kind of old hat for the older folks, those of us who 
were just primed and obsessed. Uh, me being a little Tennessee kid latching on to the fair weather fandom that was the Chicago Bulls. Uh, when I was young, when I was a youngster, I I really probably enjoyed baseball the most. But I happened to be a Cubs fan, and so the Bulls are not uh, right close by there. So everyone, unless you were a Knicks fan or a Pacers fan or a Sonics fan, you fucking love the Bulls. If you were or an a Mormon or a Mormon. If you were out of market, you fucking love the Bulls. And but the important thing about this series is that it is the most complete documentation of the dominance of this team. And I and there's a and you will throughout our lives we've had people break because of this series, like amongst my friends, there's been a lot of discussion about nineties basketball. We've been playing a lot of NBA two K together. I got people playing that game that never played it before. 90s basketball discussions have been just outside of our discussions have been popping up a lot amongst you know my other friends and oh yeah and it's just and and this series is really like you could tell that it's really meaning something in this time would this be as focused i think it would be as focused that the world would be pretty focused in on it if we were in normal times but it really does help this out and it's a perfect documentation for people who were not lucid or alive during this time. Because we got grown people, people who are full grown, who were not alive when the Bulls won that last championship. And which is wild to think about. You know, oh my God, can you believe we're getting older? Blah, blah, blah. And, and, and for all the talk there is, I think this is, if you need to point to something that shows the dominance of this time. The fucking last dance. It really does. And, you know, I want, I really did. I maybe halfway through this, I thought maybe this was a five. Um, you're right. It's not perfect. I can't give it a perfect score, but it really is really fucking good. If not great. So I'm going to match you with 4.5 crying Jordans. And that brings it. To a total of nine out of ten crying Jordans. Our, yeah. la- our last official review for the documenteers. But we don't have to get all goodbye on it yet. You'll have an exit interview that will pop next week. Um, but that's that. And we'll go out on, uh, what's that dude that Jordan was listening to? Kenny Lattimore. Kenny Not Pearl Jam? Nah, I never Not got... Not serious one more time? I never got into <laughs> Pearl Jam. I think I thought you said you were from Chicago. I thought they were from <laughs> Seattle or some shit. Don't they play Wrigley Field like every year and people lose their shit? I know. Uh, <laughs> I know. Uh, what's his name's a huge Chicago sports fan. What's his name? You know Eddie Vedder. Anyway, while we talk about that, what what a great series this was. I know people who are waiting till it all comes out to binge it, and boy, they got they're gonna have some fun. Absolutely, man. I, I got them all recorded myself. I'll be coming back to it, I'm sure, because this was really great. And you know what? It made ESPN show 30 for 30s more. They're going to be showing 30 for 30s in primetime on Sunday nights to try to continue this momentum. I don't know if it's going to work because this was, again, just a special thing here. But and if it can bring it more to the public in this time of TV need... Shit, yeah, man. Sports documentaries. I love it. I think it's all because we were reviewing them here on Documenteers. And when we start dropping the new <laughs> show, one of the things, one of the few things that we'll, we will be carrying with us, it won't be the only thing we do together. We'll also do anal. But Oh, you but got we'll, the mayo and Vaseline ready? Yeah, I got the mayo and Vaseline. And 69 and stuff like that. But, but we'll also <laughs> be uh, doing... Why were those the only two things they showed going in those boxes to homeless people? That commercial is going to drive me insane, dude. You know, Vaseline is good for chapped lips. So I'll say that's so. If you want to, if you want to step away from the dirty mind shit, we could say it's for that. And the mayo. And mayo? How are you going to? I don't know where you're going to store that mayo. I, I heard. I heard it doesn't need to be refrigerated. Oh, maybe it's perfect then. Maybe just some packets, you know. I don't know. Anyway. And that's that. The Last Dance by Jason Heher. Nine out of ten crying Jordans. Drew, it's been fun. 
I have a feeling I'll talk to you again very soon. It's been fun. You know what we say when we're done? Keep it tuned to whatever your next project is after Documenteers, because we want to maintain this listener base, and it's going to be great. Keep listening to my radio show on 101.5 FM in Nashville and at Walk It Off Radio on social media. And that website, too, the best place to hear uh, backlogs of your show. Walkitoffradio.com and WXNAFM.org. It's got all that stuff for you. Yeah. So you that's can what listen, we always say. You can listen to this guy like more than you really want about modern sports too. Although yeah. we've been talking a bit about Last Dance there too in these current weeks. Well, you, it's the you biggest know, sports news out there, man. Unless you're talking about the sex dolls in the stands at Korean baseball games. There is still professional wrestling. AEW's got a pay per view this. Uh, not, I think, I think it's this weekend actually. Anyway. Listen, we'll uh, we'll move on from this. Gosh, I, I, it took so long, and now I don't want to let you go. It's been good, man. These last five weeks of Last Dance, and so much to me. And I know I was real hard on you, but if you don't want to, if you if that's how you don't want to play the game, then don't play the game. I just hope you think of me as a nice guy. I'm just, look, I know, I know. Okay, look, look, look. Keep on docking. I need a break. Kenny Lattimore, brand new, not even out yet. He's a friend of mine, you know her. I knew there'd be days like this when I wanna let go, feeling like a man.